You are you now, are now tuned, tuned in, in to Catch, catch the Vibe, the vibe live, live, live with Brown Eyes. Catch the Vibe, Catch the Vibe, let's get it, Joe! Catch the Vibe, Catch the Vibe, let's go! Catch the Vibe, Catch the Vibe, let's get it, Joe! Catch the Vibe, Catch the Vibe, let's go! Catch the Vibe, Catch the Vibe, let's get it, Joe! Catch the Vibe, Catch the Vibe, let's go! Come on in and let's talk about it. Hello and welcome to Catch the Vibe with Brown Eyes. I am Brown Eyes and I'm your host for this show, a show about our environment, our community, the issues that we need to talk about, and some of the ways we can get resources and come together to find ways to resolve them. So welcome to the show. Um, today's show is not going to be as upbeat as some of my other shows because it's about, you know, some uh tragedies that have been going on around and one particular one that really hit the spot for me this week this particular show i wanted to dedicate to a young lady who was recently brutally uh murdered beaten and stoned in nigeria there has always been violence in our communities such tragic stories and so many more people are angry out here and using their emotions that are out of control instead of seeking help for whatever they feel that they don't like about other people's differences or their culture or where they come from or their views their opinions how they feel people are really getting upset these days and using their own opinions and emotions to literally come outside into the streets to brutalize and hurt people something like i've never seen in my life before but one story that comes to mind is in a community far away from here where we are in nigeria in a city called shokoto there was a 25 year old female student by the name of deborah yakubu samuel now um deborah was a student at this school and they used a WhatsApp uh, application as a forum to talk about academics. And during her conversation in this one particular one, which she probably didn't realize would be her last conversation with her students, is someone mentioned something about how did she pass her classes and she thanked Jesus, you know, and um, the conversation you know, went back and forth with some Muslim students there. And then she talked about, you know, well, this is about, it's supposed to be about academics anyway. So um, one of her classmates gave a little uh, light on the situation that happened. So I want to read that for you from Top Niger and um, to give you a little more of what took place because I wasn't there. So I'm going to read what she wrote. So she says, it was her own course mate that started it, a classmate of hers. One of them said, Deborah dared them by refusing to apologize when she was asked to. It all started with a debate on the upcoming examination on a general WhatsApp platform created for the course mates. One of the students asked her how she passed the last semester's examination. And in response, she said, it was Jesus so Immediately, about three other chats came in from two Muslims and one Christian 
telling her to retract the statement. Two students from other departments who overheard some Muslim boys discussing the matter told Deborah's close friends to prevail on her to retract the statement. So they were pressuring her or coming to her saying, you know, please retract the statement because I guess it was offensive. But she replied via a voice note. And that's a voice recording, how you can send your voice through WhatsApp. And she said, Holy Ghost fire. Nothing will happen to me. So it says also, is it by force that you guys will always be sending this religious stuff in this group? The group wasn't created for that, but rather as a notice on tests, assignments, exams, etc. Not this nonsense religious post. So it was a thing going back and forth. And she said, we were made to understand that some young men were brought from outside before the outrage. The, the young classmate said that she was in a class with some of the other course mates when they rushed in saying, there's a fire on the mountain over. Meaning there was some issues because these young men and older men and all these men were coming to confront this young lady about what they were offended by what she said. So the Muslim students led some strangers. So these course mates, classmates went out because they were offended by what she said and went and got some other strangers that was not a part of the school to come in, get involved in, you know, enacting revenge or whatever violence they wanted to on her and to look for her. So in fear, those in the class, they tried to help her escape and took her to the security post from where they hoped to create a way for her to run outside, you know, and, and a cab was there waiting for her to drive her straight to the police station. But unfortunately, those mob of cowardly men, I'm going to say, overpowered everyone who tried to save her and they even threatened to kill anyone who attempted to stand in their way. So I guess they caught up with her. They was trying to get her away, but uh, the, the mob was gaining on them and they had no choice then to face them because, you know, they couldn't get away. So what they're saying here is she was dragged out or wherever she was by security. I guess security couldn't help her or didn't try. She was flogged, hit, beat, stoned. And um, they're saying that the last word in her mouth was, what do you hope to achieve from this? I want you to think about this. What do you hope to achieve from this was her last words, according to this course mate of hers. Um, but by then, some of the course mates were making calls to some of the lecturers to save the situation. At a point, all the Christian students fled the school premises. It was when this course mate got home that she heard that Deborah Yakubu was set ablaze, set on fire after they flogged and stoned her. 25-year-old female student, college student. Oh, this uh, course mate is also saying that since the incident, she's been having, you know, flashes in her head, you know, of her pleading with them and, and, and begging them, you know, for mercy, you know, to not kill her. And could you just imagine, like, I mean, her last words were, what do you hope to achieve from this? 
And I ask you that's listening right now, whether you agree or disagree, I'm hoping you disagree with what happened because it was horrific. What did they achieve from this? Did it take away what you claimed was blaspheme out of the environment? Did you, did you, did you gain anything from taking a life that God created? God created life. You know, think of it this way. There's some people out here who are trying to conceive and can't. So that example right there goes to show you that not everybody can give birth or bring life. So if this young woman, Deborah Yakubu Samuel, was born, then that means God gave her a right, a living right to be here. He gave her the living right to be here. So what I want to ask is what give men, a man, a decision to take her life or feel like they have the right to take a life because they feel offended? You know, like what are we coming to in a world where people don't get a right to a fair trial, a fair chance to explain themselves, a fair chance to be judged according to the law? according to spirituality, according to humility? Where do we get off making a decision now that passed those boundaries where we can now take the law and everything into our own hands and feel justified in the name of our God or our religion or whatever it is to hurt somebody, to take a life that we did not create? I just don't understand that. You know, the parents of um, Deborah, I just want to say, you know, my condolences to you. You know, my heart goes out to you because I can't even imagine what you might be feeling now. Her father, Emmanuel Garba, and her mother, Miss uh, Alhiri, his wife anyway, They he went to go pick up her body. And... Um, he had to find somebody to pay them to come and get her body because it was because of the condition of the body. A lot of people did not want to go with him or maybe the situation, maybe people was fearful to go with him. I don't know. But he finally got somebody to get it to go get her body and did not want the government to keep her body. You know, you didn't protect her. You're not doing anything about it. So let me just bury my daughter and I'm going to leave it up to God is his statement, you know. I'm not, but he's not, he doesn't want to try anything, you know, whatever. He just want to leave it to God to see what God is going to do about the case. But one thing that concerns me, you know, also is that when you look at the men of our communities, of our towns, of our villages, of, you know, where we are born at, you know, we were always taught as women that men are the protectors. Men are the warriors. Men are the one who keep you safe. Your father was the head of the household. You had dad at home. The men were always the strength and the protection of the house or, or of the village or of the environment, the, the person that you could run to for help. So could you just imagine this young 25-year-old woman facing all of these strong men where you might have only needed one of them to hurt her if they want to hurt but a mob of them stoning her yelling at her you know judging her throwing bricks at her and beating her and then the ultimate 
burning her body as if they had a right to burning the body that God created and put on this planet and was given free will to choose whatever it is she wanted to believe or be in this life. But you bigger than God could take that away from her. So I didn't understand how so many men could get together and feel righteous about killing this woman and taking a life that they did not create. Now, if you look up the uh, um, uh, definition of Islam, you know, because we always say Islam, you know, I used to go to uh, Muhammad University of Islam when I was younger. But to me, when I even from when I was younger, Islam always meant the submission to the will of God. Adherents of Islam are called Muslims. So you're called the Muslim, but your adherence is 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 the practice of Islam, which is the submission and the will of God. It was humility, humility, being humble, being prayerful. You take salat five times a day, and it was about being humble, being forgiving. From Islamicity.org, there is nothing in the Quran or the authentic teachings of Prophet Muhammad justifying the killing of people for opposing criticizing, humiliating, or showing irreverence towards holy personages, religious artifacts, customs, and beliefs of Islam. So, furthermore, I would like to state, you know, in case, you know, for, for the argument's sake of it all, which I won't go back and forth, I know it was brutally wrong and inhumane for what was done to that young lady there at that college for whatever she said. No one brings life on this earth to have a right to tell, especially a woman. For centuries, a lot of men like to tell women what they want to do with their bodies, how they should live, but they're not doing any of the right things for themselves, a lot of them. Don't want to do it in love, but want to do it in anger, hate, and, and, and brutality. But if blasphemy was punishable by death in Islam, then the prophet would have been the first one to order the killing of hundreds of his foes who later became his closest companions. So with the exception of a very few early Arabs who uh, accepted the prophet as the messenger of, of Allah, the majority of people, you know, opposed him, humiliated him, cursed or blasphemed him, or even tried to kill him. Yet, what did he prefer to practice? Forgiveness. And to seek to seek the divine mercy for them. That was the Prophet Muhammad's practice. There are examples after examples to prove that the Prophet never resorted to violence against those who were showing utter disrespect to him. So the murder of this female student, Deborah Yakubu, say her name, Deborah Yakubu Samuel, for allegedly. Speaking blasphemy against the prophet is a crime not only against humanity, but Islam and a humiliation of the prophet by those who claim to be his followers. Those who are supporting his killing or similar actions are, you know, the worst enemy of Islam, who don't understand Islam nor respect the prophet, no matter who you are. So, unfortunately... You know, their arguments are built on many positions, you know, of what they want to take word for word or what they want to use in the Quran. 
just like in Christianity, people pick and choose what scriptures and what words they want to use to justify the evil acts and what they do. But it would not take away from the fact that a life was taken. You know, a woman of 25 years old that didn't even get a chance to get married, to have children, to live life, to be successful with her college experience. I heard her parents speaking, saying that they put a lot of money into sending her to school, you know, that, so that she can uh, get an education and be successful. You know, one thing I want to point out is when you live in, in extreme poverty, you know, anger and brute force is always a measure of power because they don't have anything else. You know, when you look around to somebody who is poor and uneducated, brute force and brutalizing somebody is the only power that they have to exert to themselves to make themselves seem like they're powerful. So I feel so, you know, hurt by the fact that this young, beautiful woman had to experience what she experienced just for a mere comment that wouldn't have killed anyone. She didn't kill anyone. She didn't threaten anyone. She just gave a comment out of frustration because of the back and forth of what she felt should not have been going on on a college campus. There's so much brutality of women. It's not, I mean, like we don't have women in the street getting flogged and stoned and burnt here in America, but guess what? They're getting shot domestic violence situations they're getting beat you know a lot of women are going through a lot of things all around the world and it's painful to see you know looking up to a man that is supposed to love and respect you and i'm not going to say all men are like that i don't want to put this thing on yeah men are this men are that but there's a lot of it going on women being killed and murdered and some people are celebrating that and, 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 and giving, you know, the auspice to someone to think that it's okay to choose violence because they can't get their way or they can't control their emotions. You know, and, and I'm not going to get into the tip for tap where women do this and women do that, men do this and men do that. It, it, it's, it's too much of that going on. Because when I look around, I see a lot of that on YouTube, people talking about this and a lot of frustrated and disgruntled people. But when I look around, most of my friends and people in the environment, they're mostly trying to work things out in their relationship and do things, you know, the, the proper way and not, you know, anyone, you know, becoming violent with anyone. But to kill a young girl and I'm hearing that they have two suspects, you know, uh, in custody. But I saw way more than two suspects and they're saying one was from a local area, not, you know, some, somewhere not local outside of the area. But regardless of to what you say they were, they were in that area and they were all a part of taking this young girl's life without giving her a chance to a court of law, a judgment, a, a say or anything. They executed her without a, the right of explanation or hearing her pleas or her mercy. Even the prophet of Muhammad, who they claimed they were doing this dastardly, dirty deed for, would have stopped and, and wanted to hear out to see if he could forgive her, which he probably most likely would have. So you're bigger than your God now, choosing to take a life that only God created. What has this world come to? And what do we do to, to work on stopping it? I know in many uh, uh, places here where I am, 
you know, they have a lot of organizations that are out here that uh, are helping, you know, uh, women uh, from uh, domestic violence and abuse and, and laws and things like that. But we gotta, we, it's like we went backwards in a lot of things in this world. We have gone backwards. We are going back to the barbaric days where there is no law and order. There is no respect for spirituality or God and his judgment and choice. We have taken that in our own hands to be able to come out and take a life or destroy a life, even the cancel culture. We're going to destroy everything you worked hard for because you made a mistake or you did something before us that we don't approve of. And now we're going to cancel you. Surely, as I know, there's no perfect person in this life. There is none. There's no perfect person in this life. So to be so judgmental and agree with somebody's life being destroyed or taken has become barbaric. And I wanted to speak on it because I really hope that people will organize get the word out about this young girl i'm telling you this young lady deborah yakubu samuel it really broke my heart because they did a public like lynching of this girl public burning public flogging pu public stoning made the first one without sin cast the first stone and as far as i know anybody that live in this the flesh is imperfect so you had no right to throw the first stone. And the only thing I can say to you is that a lot of energy that we put out in the environment, that evil, will return to us. It will return. And I'm hoping that uh, anybody that's in power in that country, you know, and even as we work on here in this country, see that taking a life is inhumane and there should not be two arrests in her case. There should be about 50 arrests because that's how many people I've seen as I, you know, show you in the videos as I have spoken that has taken this young girl's life. So I just want to say to her parents, Emmanuel, Gaba, and I'll hear Gaba and to your, her siblings, you know, the children that are left, I think she had, it was seven of them, six siblings, if I'm correct. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for your healing. I'm praying for your pain. So sorry this had to happen to you. And anyone who's listening that has had this happen to their loved ones, may you get the healing and the comfort that you need to live on in this life and use her memory as something to go out and work with people to create an environment where a Deborah will never happen again. But there's a fight. You know, we all have to be in it together. We have to all be educated to see the signs of it all. And we all have to be a part in, in fighting for laws and environments where we can be safe to be humans and, and not have to worry about making a mistake, especially as a woman, to have to have a bunch of men who are supposed to be protectors to kill you and destroy you in the name of their own religion and their own God. Because surely as I know in Islam, the name of the devil is Al-Shaitan. And that work of killing and blood spilling is his work and not the work 
of the all-powerful God or any spiritual walk that is looking for humility, love, and peace. So I'm going to leave you with that and bid that for everyone that's tuning into this particular uh, show and this particular episode. I'm going to leave you with love and peace. And I'm going to ask you to find your way to support some kind of organization, people, or group that's out here fighting against the violence because we won't have without peace in our environment we cannot progress we cannot grow and without humility there is no blessing so with that i want to thank you for tuning in to catch the vibe with brown eyes and i say rest in peace sister deborah yakubu samuel if tears could bring you back i but my tears can bring you back You're gone forever It's gonna take a lifetime To get over this pain It's gonna take forever and a day To take this pain away I wish I could turn back the head of time So I could see Your face again But you can't